across the planet, amazing creatures have been discovered. Now, more than ever, undiscovered species are appearing. We call these creatures Pokemon. The weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav. And I am once again here with my co-host, Palindrome Hannah Lee Rogers and Katia Garecki. How's it going, guys? Hi. Hi. So, today, what are we talking about today? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, this is a video games episode. <laughs> no, no, yes. this is a, see, here's why I was confused. This is a video games episode. Why the hell am I here? I well, this is actually a game you know some things about. Um, so those of you who read the blog will know that we're talking about um, augmented reality and specifically actually Pokemon Go, which was released in uh, 2016, around this time uh, in the summer. Really July 6th, uh, 2016. J- Yes, I was on vacation with my family when the game came out, I know, which I'll probably talk about. But yes, this is a game I play. Um, the last video game episode was actually about a game I played, too, which was weird because I was like, oh, I, they're talking about a game. I, I know this one because you talked about. I, say, I feel like I, there's probably a very short list of games that Mav plays and we somehow. Oh, yeah, I, I, I guess I you, how... you play like the greatest hits kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then like a couple of random ones. So like Pokemon came out you said two years ago and i was on vacation with we had a big huge family vacation with um uh my mom wanted for her birthday my mom's birthday's in july so for her birthday we wanted she wanted to have um all of her kids and all of her grandkids around so we all flew out to san diego and while we were out there the one pokemon of her game, is a pokemon what'd you say i'm assuming that one of her grandchildren is a pokemon and that's how this connects <laughs> Um, she believes she is. <laughs> um, oh, your niece? My, my niece, one, my niece does believe that she's an Umbreon. Yes. And that was, and that was kind of the thing. Um, we were, <laughs> we, we, we were, we were out there and, um, and the Pokemon game dropped and the two oldest, my oldest niece and my oldest nephew to a lesser extent, the younger two as well, but they lost their shit. Oh my God. There's a Pokemon game. Daddy, daddy, get this. Cause uh, you know, they don't have credit cards. Um, uh, so they aren't allowed to you have you have a credit card on file. For yeah. The, but it, yeah, uh, but, one file for oh. your phone. Yeah, it won't. Right, yeah, right, right. It, like they cannot buy apps without parental permission because they're young. <laughs> so, so it was a buy this, get this now, get this now. And so I got the game because I am a bitter little man, and I feel better when about myself when I can beat you know seven year olds at video games. Because <laughs> a lot of times I can't. Or I guess they were like ten at the time. Uh, so so now the two of them play, and I've got uh, I've got another niece and nephew out here who play. So I basically play you're Pokemon. Basically like playing it so that you're like. 
family thinks you're cool. That's right. Yeah, right. I am the okay. cool. Um, so because the my brothers, they played a little bit, but they don't keep up, nor right. does my They're sister-in-law. Right. But like me and my mother, actually, who is even older than I am, obviously, we play all the time because, yeah, you know, cool. I'll be damned <laughs> if I'm going to be out showing up by a, by a 12 year old. So, oh, and we've uncovered so we, much we, of mass psychology. Right. <laughs> I mean, Pokemon. <laughs> that's not, oh, I, get that's not. I get I get texts from time yeah there are thank you I don't want to know about you but I get texts uh, from time to time from my nephew it's like look what I got look what I got and it's like yep got one of those ha 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 meanwhile I just oh, want to catch the yeah. cute things <laughs> right so anyway Pokemon Go for a lot of people was their first like experience of what's called augmented reality which like if you've ever played Pokemon Go you know is basically digital objects being somehow integrated into the actual environment. Um, in Pokemon Go, it's through basically visual stuff. You can see Pokemon hanging out in your house and then you can catch them and that's weird. And so the idea is to basically like mesh the experience of uh, computer simulation and the material world in different in different ways. Um, one of the things I find interesting is like the term cyberspace, actually, it was apparently first came from a William Gibson novel actually in 1994. Although I have deep suspicions that it's probably predates that in some form vastly, as does cyberspace, actually. Um, but anyway, there's also other ways of doing this other than the most common is the sort of smartphone tablet applications. The other one that come, people may be familiar with is that really cool stargazing app from Apple that you just like stick up and like point towards the sky and it's like, oh, look, here's the stars you can't see because pollution. And it'll show you the constellations and stuff. So that's kind of neat. Or like maybe you might have seen like smart glasses or heard of them. Or like I was also kind of thinking of Iron Man's Jarvis interface is also augmented reality. Anyway, but most people's familiarity through this is through video games and especially through um, Pokemon Go. Um, and so the idea is obviously to augment or in some way add to our material experience. So today I kind of wanted, we wanted to talk about how this actually affects people interacting with the material world. Um, we'll cover some of the experiences we've talked about on the blog and how it sort of changes how we interact with space. Um, and also how it differs from conventional forms of video gaming. Uh, or is, like, is it maybe closer to other forms of tabletop gaming or LARPing it than it is like conventional shooters or something like that? Um, and I think also Pokemon Go is really great for talking about some of the drawbacks of uh, AR, like murdering your battery or, you know, accuracy, things like that. But, I thought you were going to say like killing people because you're trying to catch a Jigglypuff while you were driving. See, I actually did research because there's articles that like claim people were like getting a car accidents and stuff. Most of those have actually been debunked as hoaxes. I, I do know someone in real life who got mugged while playing Pokemon Go at 3 a.m. in a park. <laughs> well... Don't laugh at that. Like, she lives in the hospital. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's awful. Yes, I'm a horrible person. That's, I said that at the beginning of the episode. Poor life choices, I feel like. There's a reason those sides of parks always say, like, closed after dusk. Blame the victim. <laughs> anyway, before we move on to discussing our weird AR things and how my deep and undying love for Jigglypuff affects my life. Matt, would you like to introduce our guest? Yeah, well, I'll let him introduce ourselves. We um, we put out a call for comments on the blog www.voxpopcast.com early plug and it was answered by a friend of mine and a regular listener of the show who said, I don't know anything but my friend does. You should talk to him. So this is him. This is Austin Eclair. Hey. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. So what is it that you know about these sorts of things? Um, so like my catchphrase is that I have 
too many hobbies. Um, it's something that my wife also yells at me when she's mad, but, um, chief among them is like this idea of experiences that layer over the real world. So you're out running around and you get this little bit of story or you get a little bit of a game or things like that. And, um, I've been doing that for a while, but then, you know, as smartphones got better and just more, you know, around the world, um, just, I, kind of latched onto every one of these experiences that I can find. Um, anything that has me out running around doing something, uh, I will just, I will at least give it a try. Um, so our good friend Ruven, he tagged me and I was like, I know this stuff. I love talking about this stuff. And so here I am. Well, thank you for coming on. So, and you, you write, um, we'll talk about that at the end, but you, you've played, you said all of the AR games that are out and, <laughs> and that need, and you have a blog where you review them and, and things like that. Yeah. So like I, I have this little blog that I've been maintaining. I'll post like once a, every six months, like as every good blog owner should. Um, and then I, like a couple of years ago, I did this big career change where I'm actually now working for a company where I do this sort of thing, where I create um, scavenger hunt walking tours and other unusual experiences. So I'm just like in it. I'm, I went head first into all this. Um, so when Pokemon Go launched, of course, thereafter came a bajillion uh, clones and knockoffs. And so I've played, I'm pretty sure every one of them in, in some way. Um, and some of them are real bad and some of them are actually okay. But you're not just trying to show up little kids like I am. Uh, but you know, my, my son is five and we, <laughs> we, we've gotten very into Jurassic world alive, which is, you know, all dinosaur themed and it, he loves it. And, uh, I've been secretly playing without him because it's actually really fun and uh, it's going to come back to bite me. Uh, not pun intended. But. Oh, and the vengeance of a five-year-old is... <laughs> Where are all these dinosaurs the coming from? A five-year-old is usually pretty short, too. Um, so can you... You have, like, way more experience with AR games than I do. So can you talk a little bit more about um, the different kinds of AR experiences there are and maybe, like, other games or forms that we're, mm. um, our listeners might not be familiar with? Yeah, so I've... I've given this a lot of thought. I actually presented on such a thing this past weekend at a conference. And so like I've kind of come up with this loose categorization of these types of of experiences and, you know, genres and categories are generally worthless. So, you know, whatever, but um, like there's kind of two where one is I call literary or just like geocaching esque, where you go to a specific place to unlock oh, a thing. Oh, I forgot about geocaching. I loved geocaching as a kid. Uh, right. Yeah, that, it's one of my big hobbies too. I, I I just love going out and finding an actual thing. Um, and then the other is just like uh, it tracks your progress in some different way, like a pedometer or, or something like that, where you you have to move around, but not to a specific place. You're kind of doing it wherever, and you also are, are rewarded for that behavior generally in in some way. Mm-hmm. Are you so? What qualifies for that second kind of game? What qualifies? Because I, I have things like, like my watch tells me how many steps that, um, uh, how many steps I've ha- have had, how many active calories I, I've had to do, mm-hmm. and like so I'm constantly I'm in better shape now because again I'm very competitive and like my wife and my mom also have Apple watches and we can see oh, who's made, reason I have a right you're right we we can see how, who's made their calorie burn for today and yeah. if I you know yeah. and if I'm behind one of them. 
I feel as though I have failed, you know. <laughs> or you, you hear the story about like your device has failed and then you're like, oh, I just walked five miles for nothing, you know, because you didn't get credit God, for no, the I mean, five I miles in just the competition. Kill myself. Um, People get salty about that with Pokemon Go because there's another thing where it like tracks your steps and then gives you yeah. candy prizes. And people, I like seeing forums where people are just sort of like, what weird system can I like jerry rig so that my, like, because it uses GPS tracking. Uh huh. Yeah. To like measure distances. And it's like, how can I like rig my, uh, like somehow like my, uh, so much, someone actually probably put an Nordic track, which I didn't realize this was still a thing. Um, but anyway, my miscellaneous exercise equipment. I just called a Tauros on the mixing board. So that, that will be in, in the show notes today. <laughs> I have a really great picture of an Igly buff uh, hanging out on my mic. So that's also exciting. There are lots of apps that have, that have kind of taken that a step further. There's like, I don't know if, you, if any of you have messed around with Zombies Run, where it's like, yes. um, it's an exercise app with kind of a serialized audio mm-hmm. story, which on its own is great. But if you turn the GPS on every once in a while, it will, uh, zombies will attack you. Um, and you need to speed up for, I think it's like a minute or maybe two minutes and then your GPS tracks to make sure you've actually done that. My wife has played that one. That's what, that's what I was thinking of when I asked the question. Yes. You know, so it's like, you know, there's that extra layer of incentive. Like for me, it made me a better runner because I always have to keep a little gas in my tank in case the zombies come. Like I need to, it's taught me to pace myself a little better instead of just like burning it all up front. Um, yeah, for me, it's like you have, I play that too sometimes. And it's like, you could like, Every time you work out for it, you get like various items. I'm like building my colony. It's very satisfying. So much more satisfying than like. No one wants to actually be healthy. That would be. (laughs) 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 That's a waste. So what we're saying is, is that there's no point in exercise if you don't have a game in front of your face. You know, it's it's just an extra little thing. Like uh, thing about I don't know. In case anybody doesn't know what geocaching is, it's this game that's been around for 19 years, where people Jesus um, really 19 19 years all over the world and. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, 2000. Yeah. Um, and then they post the latitude and longitude and you go find it and the, you write your name in a logbook inside to prove that you find it. And in theory, they're supposed to be in, in interesting places and usually they are. Um, but it just ma- it makes like if I'm going to go hike at this random state park that I've never been before, having a geocache at the end of that hike is like is a little extra incentive. And people like sometimes like we did my family did geocaching a lot when I was a kid and I lived I grew up in Oregon and people would get like very into like their geocaches. Like there was oh, yeah. one that we went to at the end of a hike that like they had made this elaborate like fairy house that they had like hidden in the stump and there was like furniture in it and like all this really cool stuff. So like you, like the, the geocache was just like there was this thing at the end. Yeah. And like people would, like leave um, notes and stuff like that. But it was like, yeah, there's sometimes like really people leave really interesting and cool stuff. Um, yeah. A lot of them also have like treasure boxes where you can take things out of them. I mean, Pokemon Go has the thing about like there are certain Pokemon that are like native to certain regional areas and you can only catch them in those areas. Generally speaking, like Mr. Mime is only found in Europe. Yeah. Right. So like I went to Italy for a conference and I was like, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to catch a Mr. Mime and I'm going to rub it in my brother-in-law's face because he's not here. Um, I think my sister, who was with me, had the same idea. And so we we apparently got um, free data while we were overseas. So we just had Pokemon Go constantly running in the background as we walked all over Italy. And my boyfriend was irritated with us because he was like, look, it's Italy. You've never been here before. See the glory of history and art. And also see the glory of Mr. Mime. I was like, but I want a Mr. Mime. This gets to something that I wanted to talk about because I think that there was, I mean, for those of you who were paying attention to Pokemon Go when it came out, there was this really interesting sort of like reactionary 
thing that people were like, I mean, even like the the warning signs that were going up, we put a couple of pictures in the blog of these of like, do not trespass while playing Pokemon Go, people getting worried about like pedestrians just randomly walking into traffic. And like the idea that the way that Pokemon Go was affecting how people were interacting with space was negative. Um, is that as much as the game was designed to basically make you go out and explore and engage, particularly most of the Pokestops are in some ways some sort of like interesting cultural location, um, whether it's like public art or maybe a memorial or something like that. Um, but that as much as like it was perhaps well-intentioned, that there was this response that like actually it was causing people to engage less with the world around them because they were always shoved in their phone. Um, and I've seen this with other, I mean, not just with, with AR games, but video games in general. So I'm kind of curious what you guys think about like uh both like how how these how these games actually impact how we interact with space and whether they're sort of positive negative or maybe i mean i don't think that they're really necessarily either but some pros and cons i guess um i think the, the problem with pokemon go specifically and i've fallen in and out of love with it um is that when you get to one of these spots it, it you could, sometimes will get like a sentence that the user submitted about that place but you don't get to learn anything more about that place and i've mm-hmm. seen other apps do that so much better. And granted, most of those are, are geared towards like walking tours and that sort of thing. But um, I wish there was a little bit more responsibility on the part of, of, of Pokemon Go where it did connect you with resources or, you know, why did the person choose this spot? Um, just a little bit more of that would be great. Yeah, there's like one near my house. It's literally a granted artistically painted series <laughs> of tires. <laughs> just like an orange tire a green tire and a yellow tire on the corner and i'm like this is great glad i can get my pokeballs but i i don't know why don't you judge my art my tire art i mean it's delightful but- <laughs> well i was wondering is, is, it, is it maybe a thing where the games that you say have better control of that are they more likely to be smaller scale because pokemon go you know, the playboard is the world, right? I, I guess they just didn't think it was useful to gather all the metadata because who wants to learn stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and just like then you, you've got moderation issues and in, in ver- verifying the veracity of such things. Um, I, I, mm. That would be a nightmare for sure. Um, yeah, because all the descriptions are, I think, user submitted. You can like, you can actually, I think still actually, you can um, like request a Pokestop at a particular location. Yeah, there was one, um, there was a piece of public art near me that they credited the wrong artist in it. And that one always kind of cracked <laughs> me up as like the perfect example of where that could go wrong. Because the, the example we kind of talked about in the blog, or I talked about rather, was that, I mean, I saw that basically... Which I was surprised, actually. I was expecting to see like more people, like you know, basically immersed in their phones, um, kind of nerding out about Pokemon when I first downloaded this. But I was really fascinated. So, as many of our university compatriots are aware, like during the summer, basically most college campuses are verging on empty, um, and you typically don't see anybody other than like other grad students and faculty furiously trying to write in the library and the odd undergrad who's taking summer courses. Like the population drops drastically. So I could go walk across. Um, I I live in Chapel Hill and I was walking across the campus at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill and I could routinely walk across campus and like not see anybody until Pokemon Go happened and then (laughs) suddenly because it's a university campus there's Pokestops Mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Most universities have a much higher density than a lot of places. Ours does too, yeah. Right, so there were people like bringing their kids and like going and so there were like people all over the place. Not like to the level that it would be during the academic year but way more people and way more people that would never be on a university campus to begin with. And the thing I found really interesting was not just that there were more people than there usually were. So it was obviously changing how people sort of like 
you know, use their free time. But the actual like way that people interacted with the campus, like the physical space of the campus was changing. Like you kept seeing basically new sidewalks essentially popping up because people were tracking Mm. through, you know, lawns or boulevard strips or whatever in significant enough quantities to actually like make new paths in the matter of like a week. And so basically like the uh, spot I'm thinking of, is like the uh, Pokemon gym popped up near like this little kind of like mini park on campus where like normally is completely like dead space in the middle of a parking lot, which became like this weird little hub that all these paths led to just because there was a poke, uh, like a poke stop there. Well, it's like the new smoke break. Um, Like where I go, where I I work in Washington, DC and, you go out of these large federal buildings and there's these large groups of people in suits <laughs> hanging away on their phones. And it's like, it's so weird. I mean, I mean, that was Katia and me uh, in DC for PCA. We were playing Pokemon Go because it was Easter weekend and all the bunny Pokemon were out. <laughs> I know. This is how she got me playing Pokemon Go again because I wanted to catch all the bunnies. Because as we know, for those of us who read the blog, my my Pokemon career peaked when I caught a Jigglypuff, and I was literally like, "This is this is what I wanted. <laughs> Just wanted to catch a Jigglypuff. I could be done now." Um, but anyway, like I think that that's it, it, it surprised me how much it actually changed pretty radically how people moved like moved across the campus. Not just there were people there, but like the actual. I mean, not to use like sort of digital terms, but like basically how the like user interface experience, like like mm-hmm. the the user experience changed because of this game. And I guess I'm curious, like, is that kind of change common, or are the like are there ways that it's engineered intentionally into games? Um, I would. So you earlier, um, somebody mentioned was talking about like how different areas spawn different Pokemon, and I would just mm-hmm. kill to see that back end kind of algorithm of that's the stuff that gets me going of what what is that intentional thought is there any intentional thought in the design um are they or did they just you know so a lot of the pokestops are pulled from their previous game or mm-hmm. you know still going ingress mm-hmm. um which from and i might be completely making this up but i think they ingress was once was once populated from a historical marker database that they uh, had mm-hmm. access to and so, you know, how much curation is actually going on? But, you know, now users are driving that. So, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. So, I mean, there clearly are some Pokemon that are more common in different areas of, of even just this country and just the United States than others. I've noticed that when I've traveled to various mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But I also know, I mean, yeah. it's clear. And again, I don't know how much of it is just perception or how much of it is intention, but it, there's got to be some intention. If I'm near the river, I'm more likely to catch water Pokemon than I am. Yeah. My house is on top of uh, is uh, Pittsburgh is we call them. Well, they are mountains. They're they're smaller mountains than what most people <laughs> think of as mountains. But Pittsburgh oh, has God. very no, they're not mountains. I know. Hills. I know. They're very large hills. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call them, <laughs> having been to actual mountains, having been to the Rockies, I would not call them mountains, but right. they are. Um, I live on top of, I live at the peak of one such mountain and, you know, Pittsburgh floods nowhere near where I live. So, but down by, by all the rivers, like if I'm by them, if I'm by the Mon or the Allegheny, I can catch water Pokemon 
that I can't, I mean, that I rarely see a fish Pokemon. There's no Magikarp in my, oh, in my yard. They're all down by the bridges. There's Magikarp in my yard oh, see, all the yeah. time. But, but I mean, so I, I don't know how much. I am nowhere near body of water. Right. And I don't know how oh. they decide that. And also, but also right. when I went, when I was last in the mountains, there are more rock Pokemon than I see even here, you know, on like when I'm near in actual mountains, I, I'm in the actual Rockies. So what I was, I was Googling around for this. I don't know that there's an actual definitive answer because I saw a few different answers. I think it has something to do with like, if you look at a topographical map mm-hmm. and you see like different, like, um, like what's we're looking for, like elevation levels, it's partially has to do with elevation. And then it's partially has to do with like, kind of like geocaching, actually like longitude and latitude lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's like relatively arbitrary. There's something going on. Cause like when I went to the beach last year, uh, all of a sudden it was all electric and, particular kind of aquatic pokemon versus like when i've gone to rivers and such um so there's something going on there again i would just i would murder somebody to to see it Mm -hmm. so to to go back to what i mean kind of what we're all saying is does it actually is this like is pokemon go or, or like other augmented reality games do they just affect like oh you're gonna you're gonna go a place that you were you were there already going to be there already and you just pull out your phone and catch a few Pokemon while you're there or do they actually kind of like mad you're suggesting that like maybe you might go to the river you know more often because there's other Pokemon there I would say that's my kind of criticism of of this style of game is that it doesn't Mm -hmm. do enough of that that's why I I fell in love out of love uh, with Pokemon was it, it wasn't driving me to change my routine you know maybe I'd change my walk to work by a couple blocks because there's a gym, you know, populated over there, but it, it really didn't change my routine that much. Not as much as like geocaching or other such kind of things where I really do go out of my way. Well, one of the differences though, we're all grown ups though. So, I mean, like you can, I mean, you, your right. routine is, your routine is what you want it to be. When, when mm-hmm. I first got the game, um, let's see, it's two years ago. So it, it came out three years ago. Three years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 16, 2016. Okay. So three years ago. So, so, okay. So my niece would have been my other niece, um, who, who's local. Remember I was, I said I was in California when I got the game, I was on vacation. When I came back home, my niece who lives here, um, she asked about it because um, you know, she's a Pokemon fan. She would have been five at the time. And she's like, oh, I heard about this game. Do you have it? Should, uh, do you have it on your phone? And I was like, yeah. So I showed her and then she looked at the map and she's like, um, I don't I don't know what it's a Pikachu or something, whatever. But but she was like, well, can we catch that? Um, we were at we were at um, dinner with my with my in-laws. And I was like, I can't. It's too it's too far away. You have to be really close. And she's like, what do you mean? I like, well, you have to walk to where it is and then go. And she's like, you have to walk in real life. And yes. And, it's like, <laughs> and, it's, and so I explained to her how the, how the game works. Like, so you have to you have to walk out. You have to go outside and you walk around and you look for the Pokemon. And she's like, oh. So it makes you get exercise. And I was like, yes. And she's like, that's good. People need more exercise. <laughs> so, so, I mean, <laughs> so. Again, your niece is winning. Yeah. It was not the one who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, but different, but, the, but, the, but she was like, but she understood. She's like, oh, so it makes you go outside and rather than just, you know, she, you know, she, she knows what video games are. So it's not just sitting around playing Fortnite. She's like, now you have to go out mm-hmm. and you have to explore and get some fresh air. And, and to her, that made sense, which, you know, she's probably more of the market at five to now she's eight than I am at, you know, 45. Uh, but, you know, like, I think that that, you know, age difference demonstrates a couple of the drawbacks of Pokemon Go that I talked about on the blog that like, and these are all very different issues. So I don't want to collapse any of them. But, you know, if you're an adult, you can drive to the beach and mm-hmm. you can walk around the beach and play. 
if you're a kid, you have to stay in the perimeter your parents let you mm-hmm. be in. The street light, right? the street so light like, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Unless or, you know, your parents are of the you know late eighties, early nineties, in which they are very excited to participate in Pokemon catching. <laughs> sure. Sure. But you know, yeah. you, you rely on someone to facilitate your Pokemon craze. You know, uh, if you whenever I whenever the first game first came out, I was in Ocean Springs, which is a small town, but it it's like a it's like an actual town with, and it's a beach tourist town. So there are Pokestops and a walking trail. And my sister and Josh and I like went out and played Pokemon on the beach in the walking trail and like saw new things and hung out with a bunch of other nineties kids, you know, freaking out. But then I went. <laughs> To my grandparents' house, which is in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi, and there are no Pokestops or gyms because <laughs> it is nothing. There is nothing. So, like, I mean, like, this has always been a problem, right? For mm-hmm. Pokemon Go, like, there's been the rural versus urban I mean, divide. Like, it's more fun to play. Really lots of, like, space-based games, yeah. generally, because you need a certain amount of infrastructure. I mean, even geocaching, with some exceptions, depending on if there's a community around like the further you get from a population center, the harder geocaching was in terms of so, like, some of these games have tried, tried to solve that by just re- not tying them necessarily to real world like locations like the Jurassic Park game um, just populates these little spots around you where you're at and not tying them to. And it, it seems there seems to be some sort of sense of like they don't put you in the middle of a highway, but um, <laughs> like it, it's less less driven by real world geography. So that one basically like goes wherever you are. Yes. And then, you know, there's also been the complaint um, that, you know, if you are not physically able for whatever reason to play the game, uh, Pokemon Go or, you know, something like Wizards Unite, which is basically Pokemon Go, except with a Harry Potter face. um, You know, you you can't like walk around and see and go all the places. And also, Mm -hmm. so, you know, like that. Um, has been difficult. Like there, I saw some forums, uh, like Reddit, like for people with disabilities who like now because Pokemon Go has like a friends feature, they don't have to go to okay. gyms to get items to play. Like people will send them the gifts. Uh, so like, yeah, and also like, you can trade with people. There's a few like forums yeah. that are specifically for that reason. So it's like kid, like especially kids who like. Um, actually, I saw. I think it was on Reddit. Actually, that there was a post by a kid who was. Um, in a in the hospital for a long period of time anyway and it's like people were like basically giving him pokemon because he couldn't go and collect for himself so i thought it was really cool yeah i think i understand why why and i think i agree to a certain extent that it's a drawback but i think it's also the fact that like like kids have to like recruit their parents to go to the beach to catch pokemon and the fact that there has to be this kind of like you can't just play it solo aspect i mean that that is part of the game Mm -hmm. um like that was built into it the idea was that like the idea was that you i mean even like the the raids that are in there now they want people to sort of like communally come together Mm -hmm. to like defeat these like super pokemon um i agree that that was super well executed in many cases but it is like that they were intending to well yeah as far as i can tell every group raid i've ever been on well actually i shouldn't say every because there's been a couple where i've been hanging out with my friends but most of the time if i'm in a group raid um i'm not enough of a fan of the game to like be on like a discord server and knowing when stuff's happening so it's more like i happen to be out shopping and i see 10 people standing in a cluster in front of that store over there and i'm like oh there must be something good over there i'm fucking in you know so so, you know i wander in and it's like what are we catching i don't care and you you just pound 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 but but i don't really make friends i don't interact with people around what oh you haven't Mm -hmm. No, every time I've seen a raid, it's like, I think, I think it's like 
Uh, I live in a smaller town than yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if if there are people, I think I've been on one raid where there was somebody else, and I'm convinced it was somebody in the apartment building next to the poke stop that was just like hanging out in his living mm. room. Yeah, usually what I so there was, like, usually no for people. me it's like if I'm. Um, I'm going to talk Pittsburgh geography, but like Craig Street, Katia knows where that is. Um, you know, areas that uh, Craig Street in Pittsburgh is an area that's right between Carnegie Mellon University and University of Pittsburgh. So if a raid happens at one of the gyms on Craig Street, there are just six or seven undergrads who are just there um, because, oh, my God, let's go catch, you know, a Mew or whatever. So so I've, I've right. so I've high concentration of nerds. Right, so I've so I've. If I happen to be there, I've, I never go. I don't really usually go seeking them out. But if I happen to be there because I'm having dinner or buying comics, it's where Wayne's store actually is. Um, if I'm there and there's a raid going on and you can tell just because, again, it's seven people standing outside, clearly just all standing in a circle, tapping on their phones, you know, so I'm like, let me get in on this, you know. So I've done those. Yeah, I think the randomness of the design, as far as the, the multiplayer part, is it kind of hinders that. Um, like I played Ingress quite a bit for a time, and that was like back when Hangouts actually existed. But I was on this crazy Hangouts chat server for Ingress, where people would plan these, you know, attacks on the other factions' strong points, and it was just they'd go out at two in the morning to do these things, and it was a lot more coordinated where I was on a discord server for Pokemon and it was kind of like, go, go, go. There's a thing now go. And it was like, well, I'm at work, man. I can't. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's too much. (laughs) I mean, so that kind of brings us back to something I wanted to to loop around back to anyway, is that Austin. So you mentioned that one of the things you look for in an AR game is it's something that's making you change your habits or in some way do something that's outside of your normal behaviors. Whereas Hannah, you mentioned going in, in Italy, the whole reason Josh was complaining at you is that actually it was a little bit influencing how you were interacting with space. So like... Who wants to see the Leaning Tower of Pisa when there's a Mr. Mime to catch? <laughs> hey man. Mr. Mime is to me one of the creepier Pokemon, so I don't know if I actually want a Mr. Mime, but... Maybe that's you didn't actually say if you caught any. Oh, I did. I did. Okay. Uh, and I uh, Mary did, and Charlie didn't. <laughs> so you're going to trade one I for be, me. I have, I have one. I got oh, mine I, out of an egg. I have a friend in I only have, I have one. a friend in Switzerland that I just constantly traded eggs with until one happened. Someone's <laughs> <laughs> gonna trade with me. Also, I don't think I'm friends with you on it, Mav. I, I only have, do well, I only have anyway. one and you can't have him, so, so. <laughs> but yeah. Kat, yeah. Kat, Katia is my only friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a few grad student nerd friends. On, we, you know, we trade. On Pokemon Go, I mean, um, I have other friends, I swear. <laughs> I mean, hey man. Only Jigglypuff matters to me. Everything, everyone else is dead. You're less uh, of a friend to her than Jigglypuff is. <laughs> I mean, hey man, Jigglypuff has never let me down since my childhood. <laughs> Getting into a very weird. No, Jigglypuff is like my inner like psyche. It's pink and adorable and squishy, but also screams a lot and has a pent up rage. I identify very strongly with this. Also, with a tiny Tina from Borderlands. For those of you who know. <laughs> anyway, I mean, how can anyone compete with that? Because, like, like, I guess. The interesting thing about these AR games, whether it's Pokemon Go or like the zombies, uh, zombies run game or anything like that, is it's like for some people, it does seem to be like the idea if it fits seamlessly into their life and it's something they can do sort of like when they're taking a, like, you know, a smoke break. That's what AR should be. But then I think like Austin, like the, like more what I would say, like people who are more involved in like AR games, the idea is actually it should disrupt your habits. 
I, I just like, I like the hunt. I like, um, going, uh, going somewhere with a specific pur- purpose of discovering this thing or unlocking this thing. Um, they had, uh, so Shakira, the, the music artist recently, Her hips don't lie. um, did a big look. Through. <laughs> um, <laughs> She recently did this big promotion around her and this caused me to learn more about her than I had ever understood before. But they did this big promotion around her album El Dorado, where they hid in quotes gold around the world and using this location based browser app, you would go like find actual it. Actual gold. You're not talking about game gold. You're talking about they were. No, 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 no fake, you know, like little treasure chests on a map in, okay. your, in your browser. Um, and like the, the, the nearest one associated with them, so they're valuable. Exactly. The nearest one was uh, at the White House in DC. <laughs> what year is this? Oh, this was two years ago. Okay, just wondering oh. who the president was at um, that time. Well, you know, uh, it's getting yeah, yeah. I mean, just locate the security there has gotten worse and worse just over time. Anyway, say, so how many people got trespassing? <laughs> well, so the first time I tried to go get this thing, they, they locked down the park where the treasure was, you know, again, quote, uh, hidden in. So like all of a sudden though, these, um, Capitol police came swarming in. And so I was like, oh, I'm not going in there. Um, and so later I tried again and it turned out you because could, of the Shakira thing or for no, an unrelated, no, no. I, who knows it's, it's okay. Capitol police just, lock things down all the time. Got it. Um, it's just Washington, D.C. Um, so I went I went again and it turned out you can unlock a special selfie mechanism where Shakira would appear to you. <laughs> that was the gold. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, cue, yeah, cue the like uh, little aliens from Toy Story. Like, but the thing, like the moral is like, I just I love that chase. I love like what it, what could it be? It could be something crazy. I don't even like Shakira. But um <laughs> So when you're, because you mentioned you also design these now. Yes. Um, when you're designing an AR experience, like what kind of, like, do you start with a particular goal of like, oh, I want people to get to the X thing, or if there's a experience you want to create with them, like, how do you sort of conceptualize what you're going to design? Um, I mean, there's, there's there's like a whole you know six hour presentation on such a thing, but like the. It basically, it's like, what am I, what is the reward? Like, what are they getting? You know, is it, are they learning something along the way? Are they ending up at a cool location? What is the actual physical route? I think a lot of these games tend, especially games like Pokemon, where it's all randomized um, or fairly randomized of, they, they forget the journey of, you know, is it safe to go this way? Is it physically okay? You know, is it grueling? Um, when a lot of times when I go out and do these things, the weather's not good. And so you know, the mm-hmm. game doesn't always respect that. Um, and so to try to design with those things in mind of, you know, make them short, make them sweet, you know, and they need to fit in because a lot of these people are not, you know, 16 year olds with a, a, a ton of summer time, free time that people are like fitting them in their day. So, you know, how can we respect that? It's, they still get to have fun while they're doing errands and, and enjoying your thing at the same time. So can you give us an example of something that you've um, created? Well, so if, like, it's also tricky because I have a very specific version because I do it for work. Um, mm-hmm. So like we get hired by like main streets and historic business districts and other kind of tourism organizations to create these walking tours. And those run the gamut of, it could be a pub crawl. It could be a civil war history walking tour. Um, and we kind of, we add these location based puzzles at each of the stops along the way that you have to find something at the, at the spot uh, to answer a question or solve a riddle or that sort of thing in order to proceed. And, um, so 
that those are all tied to very specific places. Um, recently, I've been kind of experimenting with the idea of this of writing fiction um, around these tours, so that you would get pieces of a story mm-hmm. every time you solved one of these location-based puzzles. So you're you're learning about this monument or the artist about the street mural, but then you're getting a piece of a story mm-hmm. that I've written and kind of chaining that chaining that serialized story along, just as an extra little bonus for doing the tour. Oh, oh yeah. I was, good. I was thinking when I, I was so. in when I was in <laughs> London. Uh, again, um, my wife has been on the show. is a is a big fan of Jack the Ripper, just the mythology around it. So while we were out there, oh, yeah, she, yeah, we, yeah, we had yeah. to go to um, 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 uh, Whitechapel, and we had to do we we had to do the Jack the Ripper walking tour. Walking and tour. there's a yeah. version of it which I don't think is the one we ended up getting, but there's a version of it where you are or there are versions of it where you are solving the crime, you know, like you, it, it's sort of a, a, like a LARPing kind of walking tour where you go to the real places and they have puzzles while, you know, you are tracking Jack the Ripper as though you were this. So I imagine <laughs> that you could very easily, I mean, now that one's obviously kind of a historic fiction, but you could very much put, um, put together a an AR game that takes advantage of the real world and tries to, you know, tries to link in the location and the fiction in your phone to make a to make a much yes. more interactive experience. I'm thinking of things like um God, help me out. Is it, is it Fallout that has the based on the real world um video game? So you I mean yes. that so yeah. Well, well I just I'm just I'm trying to remember. Yes. I believe yeah. that's the one where like I've seen pictures of I'm in Pittsburgh and and one of them happens in Pittsburgh and it's right. very obvious. In fact, I know people who were on the design team for it. So they clearly, you know, Actually, yeah. my favorite one that works into this is so in Fallout 4, there is Walden Pond mm-hmm. is an actual location. And there is a walking audio tour of at Walden Pond that you could actually go through. <laughs> and I think the same audio as the real one. I did not know that. That's awesome. It's great. And if you complete the walking tour, then a giant that's, team up. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm thinking. And if you could do that um, in real, yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing that I'm wondering you might do. Right. This was something I was actually thinking about while I was preparing my notes for this, because you brought up LARPing and sort of like the idea of like actual, like physical walking tours that don't necessarily have a digital component is kind of like, I mean, now we use augmented reality specifically as sort of like a counterpart to virtual reality and it has a digital component, but things like LARPing. Live action role play for the people who don't know. Oh yeah, for the less nerdy among us. Like to me, that fulfills the definition of augmenting an, a, you know your experience in the material world with something that's imagined or artif- like artificial. So I guess metaphorically turning to our AR expert, like how do you think that digital AR differs from sort of like these other analog practices or does Um, it? It doesn't really. I mean, and and the the lines are more and more blurred. I mean, immersive theater is this booming industry, immersive Mm -hmm. experiences. And, you know, again, we all tend to want to put things into genres, but more and more they they cross over into interactive fiction. And are you using smartphones are there are there actors involved who are playing those NPC roles or is this like a, a self-guided thing? You know, um, it's it's kind of all of it uh, these days. And it's it's really cool. Yeah, because I was even um, the thing to remind me of it when we were talking about the Jack the River walking tour. It was there's a really great book uh, by Michael Saylor, which I think I've referenced on the podcast before called As If. And it's the literary prehistory mm-hmm. of virtual reality. 
I mainly love it because it's the best cover in all of academia. It's a wizard fighting. I think it was like Cthulhu and something else. It's great. Highly endorse doing it just for the picture. It'll be linked in the show notes. But he talks about um, basically like early fan nerd communities that would reenact scenes from Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> And like go through like parts of London, like solving the Holmes mysteries, like in real life. And he argues that like those practices where they're like where these communities were forming to basically enact fiction, like fully aware, obviously, that like Sherlock Holmes is not a real person, but sort of like blurring the lines through their practices between like the fictional world and what was actually going on for, uh, around them is kind of the basis of virtual reality and augmented reality. Like he basically argues that this is where it kind of like, I mean, it's hard to say begins, but um, it's like the early, one of the earliest forms of virtual reality as we now use it today. And I think it's really interesting to think about actually how little digital technology has actually changed things in some respect um, and makes things like Pokemon Go possible. But, you know, there were versions of this practiced by, you know, people for ages beforehand with things like LARP, LARPing. It's just that smartphones have made it way more accessible, especially to the non the non super committed nerds among us. Right. Well, and the term ARG has been around well before smartphones of like this game that you have to do like a scavenger hunt online or that or in the newspaper like it had a completely different meaning for for the longest time i mean i wonder if there's also you know a social component where there is a subculture to look at previous shows of larpers there's a subculture of geeks and the interaction of actually doing live action role play to where you're, you know, where you're cosplaying and interacting with the real world is, is, has always been a very small subset of people. You think back to the, you know, to the, to the Dungeons and Dragons scares of the seventies, you know, the, um, things like the, um, what is it? The, what is it? The something panic. Um, I know what you're talking about though. Like, was it, are you, well, are you talking about the thing they worried where, like, about people? Like, Wayne would know is, um, what is it? manic panic. The manic panic oh, where, like, where people like, are worried about, oh, well, you're, yeah. you know, they're playing the game for real in the sewers and all that kind of thing. Right. right. Tom Hanks for that in, in the movie. I forget. Right. But, like, there was all, but that was always kind of a, there's a stigma of you have to accept being a geek if you're going to be, if you're going to be, and, and I'm, I'm not <laughs> complaining about it, but I'm saying some people would reject it unless you're going to be in the SCA you don't get to do that sort of thing. Whereas uh, everybody can play Pokemon. That's just something the kids are doing. Yeah. I mean, it's not really any different, but you are casting yourself as a, as a trainer, as a monster hunter who is going around, wandering around the hillside, catching these, uh, catching these little monsters with stats and making them dogfight. That is exactly, I mean, that's very much a fantasy role-playing game that, we just treat like it's not because it happens to be on your phone. Well, it's also like a really great slot machine. And so in some ways it gets a little bit of a pass in that, in that, you know, it's, uh, it's more of a gambling kind of addictions thing where it's, there's not so much Mm -hmm. game in there necessarily. Um, I mean, there is when you're talking about battling in gyms and and that sort of thing, but there is that kind of randomized uh, element that for some reason it's, it's, Mm -hmm gets a little bit of a pass. I mean, like a lot of these games, right? It's, it's for a lot of people, as we said, that it's something to a little extra thing to do while you run, or it can be passed off as wanting to exercise mm. or the nostalgia of my childhood. <laughs> what do you think for a lot of us is the nostalgia of your childhood? I mean, well, and I think actually we were talking about like the random slot machine thing, uh, nature of this. I'm, I, I'm curious for you to, uh, basically to, like, say more. Um, because I was, Actually, preparing for this episode, I downloaded um, 
an edition of Pokemon Emerald, which I hadn't played. Uh, that was one of the, I think that was one of the newer ones. Anyway, after my period of <laughs> Pokemoning as a child, um, on an emulator, and I was playing through that and thinking about like, there's actually, other than the fact that there are Pokemon in it, the experience of playing Pokemon Go has almost nothing to do with like the original games at all. Right. Um, or the card game or, you know, kind of the, the right. Um, so I guess, cause those, those to me are very much more games. There's strategy, there's winning, there's, I mean, one of the things I, I always enjoyed about Pokemon is like there, you had to like basically solve puzzles or like get abilities to get to a new area. And there was like unlocking mm-hmm. things and stuff like that. Whereas like Pokemon Go doesn't really have that. So um, what is, yeah. I mean, you said that like the, the sort of slot machine aspect gives it a pass. Like what do you, why is that? Because it's it's a little bit just a time waster, right? Like you're not, um, you just do it while you're in line at the grocery store and you can pass it off of, oh, you know, I have to be here anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do this thing. Um, whereas other games, like the, the reason I've been secretly playing Jurassic World um, is because it has this combat system that is really great. There's like this really great tactical system where you, you take your team of dinosaurs and you, you fight other real players. Mm-hmm. And that is a game. That is a game ass game. Um, where that would be a little harder to to kind of brush off of of not being a giant nerd. Well, Pokemon Go is barely a game, right? Like, I mean, the the only aspect of skill is can right. I throw no, this exactly. ball relatively straight? Well, they've they've changed it. Like, like when it originally came out, you know, I think that the biggest I, I, the biggest difference was like in the original game. Of course, do you battle Pokemon mm-hmm. to catch them? Uh, whereas in this game, it's like how many balls can I like? throw and catch the Pokemon and outlast it. Um, and it's kind of randomized whether it works or not. But there there are like now aspects of the game that they've added mm-hmm. that require you to at least dedicate time and some sort of skill. Like there are certain sort of like probably never get because like I'm too lazy to like complete all the quests that they like give now. You know, like <laughs> my Togepi mm-hmm. is never gonna be more than a Togetic or however you say the second evolution. There's not like a third <laughs> evolution I'm never gonna achieve, you know? <laughs> 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 I think the additions of those missions uh, really helped. Well, it just it helped um, returning to the game. They give you a reason to keep going back. Is so, well, I gotta mm-hmm. knock out those daily achievements, or mm-hmm. so I don't, so I can get that bonus. Um, but that's still kind of the slot machine thing. Yeah, very, yeah, very much right. so. I mean, it's like the games that I actually play. I'm, I'm a big fan of Marvel Puzzle Quest. I play that game, and I'm a big fan of mm-hmm. Tomb Blast, which is another game. You know, these are little puzzle games that I play in my spare time on my phone. But there's something to actually do. I have to think in order to do it. It's not mm-hmm. just like Pokemon. Even with the quest, is do I feel yeah. like walking six blocks to get to the to the gym so that I can go and you know like that? It it really is. Right. They're not. Hard hard task to do it's just annoyance they'll even just happen if you just pick up the game i mean i very rarely even look at what my quests are in pokemon go because they just will happen as i play the game you don't really there's very rare that there's one i have to like specifically go out and do Mm -hmm. they're just sort of like i mean the game i mean i agree i think the game is relatively passive in that sense like yes you have to play it yes you have to interact with it but it doesn't have the same kind of like participatory i think part of it's a lack of narrative but it doesn't have the same kind of like participation and especially i think like the player identification with the game as the original um the original games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i think one of the things that i mean Austin, you were saying is really interesting to me is that the idea that it's 
if it's something that's meaningful, it's more likely to be stigmatized as if like, it's something that I consider, you know, you know, I think like uh, when I played video games a lot as a kid, it's like, I probably got actually a lot of cognitive benefit. I like solved a lot of puzzles and a lot of like mental reasoning. My coordination probably suffered except for my thumbs because I was <laughs> couching pizza. But like, I mean, there's been studies that actually that there are cognitive benefits to playing video games, but they only really happen when you're investing a certain amount of like intellectual energy into them. So it's basically the nerds who are willing to commit that like time and energy are getting the benefit, but like these idle phone games are probably not. Oh, I just found some honey water right. by opening my Wizarding <laughs> Night app. So. <laughs> I'm putting a lot of hurt into this. We didn't mention that on the air. As we record this, um, on the day that we're recording this, Wizards Unite came out this morning. Um, yeah, I've actually been having it. It's loading on my, on my which phone. Which is the, the new Harry Potter, uh, essentially Pokemon Go. <laughs> From Niantic, same company. Yeah, it's made by the same company. Yeah, it's Niantic. They basically, I am convinced it is Pokemon Go with new skins and like maybe some new mechanics. Yeah, yeah. very much is. Uh, but, but the difference is, is now you can feel as if Harry Potter, which does take place in our world, kind of, sort of, is now our world or something. I don't know. I, I think I'm making fun of the ad. But see, the best thing would be if, if you actually legitimately believe that Harry Potter is part of our world and that you were a muggle, then you would be a muggle playing a wizard in a fictional world that's the real world. Like, I guess if you actually legitimately believe that the Harry Potter universe, you believe this is real. If I believe that the Harry Potter universe was real, I would confirm all my parents' fears as a kid that I couldn't tell the difference between fantasy and reality. They're they're definitely leaning into it with the with the conceit of the game, which is that the worlds are bleeding. That the kind of the the agreement between between wizards to keep magic secret is is broken. Um, and so, like that's what you're doing is you're going around and trying to hide all this magic again. It's conservative. So, what do you as a, as an AR person, player, designer? What do you say to people that are like? I write about this a lot. Is actually like the people people that have an anxiety that digital worlds and actual worlds are sort of bleeding together and that that's a bad thing. Like, what do you say to those people? Um, I, thankfully I've not actually encountered anyone who, I guess I've surrounded myself with people, like-minded people or people who are a little bit more reasonable. It's not any different than books. You know, <laughs> I've gotten absorbed in plenty of books and audio books or, um, uh, uh, good. To be fair, people were freaked out by books for the same reason. Yeah, exactly. It's always going to be something like, I mean, you know, reality is, you know, I don't personally like Pokemon Go, but like, I don't begrudge anybody enjoying it. You know, that's if if you find entertainment and, and, and enjoyment in that thing, have fun. Um, you know, I again, I, these a lot of these games in particular are built to fill gaps. It's not like I not like my walk to work. I'm going to be painting a beautiful painting on that walk. Like, I'm, what else am I going to be doing? You know, besides, you know, chugging along, like, you know, I'm filling that time with something extra interesting, whether that's a, a, I'm just a podcast that I'm listening to or I'm playing a game. Like, it doesn't matter. I wonder if, if there's a podcast AR that you do with your ears where you win something um, by writing us a five-star review actually, on iTunes. <laughs> we will pioneer this, apparently. There is actually an episode of Welcome to Night Vale that kind of does this. Um, I'll have to look up the name of the, the title of the episode, but I remember being really intrigued by this. It asks, it basically, it's a, like, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Welcome to Night Vale, I would be surprised because it's one of the most popular, like, narrative um, podcasts 
in existence. And if you haven't listened to it, you should. It's delightful and strange and strangely delightful. Um, but there's an episode where actually like you're supposed to listen to it with only like one headphone on. And it asks you to basically like listen to different things in your actual environment and like uh, move around differently and then like switch your headphones around and all the other stuff. So it is trying to like transport you in some way to like an, an engaged experience with the world, the fictional world of Night Vale. Um, so it has been kind of experimented with in podcasts. And I, I can't imagine that that's the only one. No, I've, I've done a few of them. Like a buddy of mine did one in D.C. where he had you go to specific places and listen to this podcast play. And, you know, like the Titanic Memorial in D.C. or the Congressional Cemetery. And it um, it is it's like an extra character in the story, this landscape around you um, as you're listening to, you know, this was a, like kind of an urban fantasy sort of thing. Um, it, it definitely adds to the experience. Yeah. And it's like really fun. I mean, I remember listening to that uh, Welcome to Night Vale episode while I was like studying the library or something like that. And it made it made studying a lot more bearable. Oh, I did want to ask one more question uh, before we wrap up. I, I'm actually kind of curious, Austin, your thoughts. So you you did talk about the two different kinds of AR games and the other one that I know of. I mean, that is not just, hey, let me count my steps and pretend or pretend the zombies are chasing me or hunting for things geocache style is there's there are th- there's this push to like do things like I know Minecraft is uh, demoed on um, a couple of weeks ago. They had uh, WWDC at Apple where they were demoing the look, we can pretend that the you know the creepers are in your room and you're and you're doing you know, yeah there's all the air games there's um yeah. interacting with toys oh um what's the the disney one they had um there's like skylanders disney infinity, infinity. It was the, is there yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so there's things like that and i don't it's sort of you know those are those games are how can i take my action figures and put them into the video game you know they're they're and I'm wondering mm-hmm. what your thoughts are on what qualifies as AR. Is it just anything that interacts with the virtual game? I'm, I mean, I'm thinking if we go all the way back to, you know, things like power gloves, you know, from going way, way back. Yeah. And, and, and there was also a Nintendo robot that I can't remember for like the original Nintendo that sucked. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. but things like that. Yeah. So. I think it, it, we've hit a, a couple times of like it's it's something just adds an extra layer onto the real world, whether that's digital or physical, um, whether that's story, whether that's a game. Um, you know, there's tons of these apps out now where um, sometimes it's a game, sometimes it's not. You hold your phone and, and, a, and a thing happens. Um, like there's one uh, kind of experience where you uh, collect, you take real dollar bills or bills of various denominations and it, it, it interposes, um, famous women on top of them. And it gives you little fun facts. And like that had me running around of like, I don't I carry cash anymore. So it's like, I know I have a $2 bill in this house somewhere. I, I want to see what happens. And, um, <laughs> there's a kind of a, a good puzzle box where you, it projects onto a flat surface, this, this puzzle box and you whirl around, you know, poking at things and buttons and, and trying to open it. Um, that, you know, that that's all kind of blowing up, um, in, in really interesting ways. Yeah. And one of the, I mean, I know Apple has one of the coolest apps on my phone is this thing that allows me to just point the camera at random things in order to measure them. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, it's not a game. It's Yay. just super useful where I'm like, how tall is that doorway? Oh, it's seven and a half feet. You know, is it actually yes, accurate? It's awesome. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. We have, Ikea really has one where you can project furniture into your room. We, we use it to buy patio Amazon furniture. Has one too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we actually found use for it. Oh, I so have to try The world is getting cooler. 
I hope yeah, so. so. We live in the future now. Yes. The Jetsons is happening. Where's my flying car? <laughs> Where's my talking dog? I don't know, but if it's, a, if it's a flying car, you're probably have to buy from Elon Musk, and then I just can't bring myself to do that. The talking dog would just creep me out. I mean, I have a cat, and I don't, I don't want to know what she thinks about I me. I want a Rosie. I want a Rosie <laughs> yeah. robot. But I don't really want her to do anything. I just want her to wander around my house and like say pity. I don't things. know. I'm just waiting for the robot uprising because I feel like that's the only way it's going to go. You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. see, only one this, and then you know i do things like interact with like one of the amazon echoes which you know whatever people tell me that like they're concerned with the singularity it's like just interact with any ai for roughly 30 seconds and you will can we resolve not to bring alexa into our homes i've got i've got an alexa into Two home pods. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're gonna have to do yeah, that. Okay, and we're gonna resolve nothing. No, we can resolve nothing. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I mean, that's kind yeah. of the thing. And maybe this is us inviting Skynet, right? Like, you know, that it starts with having an Amazon Echo or Google Mini or whatever, and it goes insatiable desire for a Disney right. Pop. And and now, you know, I remember um, there's a. You ever seen the second Charlie's Angels movie with um, Lucy Liu and and Drew? Barrymore and Cameron Diaz. The plot to that movie, I think it's the second one. It might be the first one, but I believe it's the second one where what they're trying to do is they're trying to stop the bad guy who has come up with some software that you install on your, that, that installs itself on your phone and listens to your conversations and then gathers data about you yeah, so Amazon. Yeah. And, Amazon. and gathers data. About, and, that, and that's the whole plot of the movie. They're just trying to stop somebody from doing this. And then now it turns out that, you know, a decade later, you can pretty much just get people to do that. And all you have to do is ask. You know, it's like, hey, can we install this thing on your phone? And I'm like, oh, sure. Yeah, See, this that is- sounds useful. One of the reasons I'm not paranoid about things like Amazon Alexa and everything like that is I'm a child of an engineer who's basically like, yeah, I can already, you know, if I was a sophisticated enough hacker and I knew where to look, he's like, I can already like hear you all the time anyway. Like there's enough devices around you all the time. Like an Amazon Echo is not going to make a difference. People are like, well, aren't you worried that that thing's in your house? It can, it can listen to you like, you know, having sex or, or take picture. There's no camera. Take pictures. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Do I put a little thing over my, um, over my camera on my computer? Nah. If you really, really want to hack and find it, I'm not that interesting. You know, I'm far more interesting on this show. Just listen to this (laughs) that I am in real life. (laughs) I think of of all of us, Mav has the most of his, his life on the earth. Meanwhile, I just want to live off the grid and constantly fail at that because I'm willing to sell my soul for a Clefairy, which by the, don't you guys remember when Pokemon <laughs> Go first came out? Like everyone freaked out about privacy because of how the terms of service were worded and like the access you could grant. So meanwhile, no, yeah, now no one cares. You, you, you were so close to doing a Unabomber manifesto, but you're like, but with a Clefairy, it, it all goes away. <laughs> hey man. We have an upcoming episode at some point on this on the on the importance of cuteness. Yeah, I just finished watching the new season of Agri Suko this morning, so I am one hundred percent there. Also, another small furry angry creature I identify with. Right. Now. Uh, <laughs> I have so, no idea where we're going. So involved into this. <laughs> nothing is nothing resolved, resolved except for Katya likes furry angry things. I do want to point out something else that you know peek a little. In- behind the curtains we've recorded the last three or four episodes of the show out of order so right now i may or may not be in the lead in the game i don't think i am no uh, no toy story 
came out and Lion King is coming You're out. You're not going to be ahead, get over it. No, I'm it's going to be. Dude, it's going to be. It's never going to happen. I just, you guys are ruining movies for me. Why are you doing because, <laughs> because the game is awesome. I hate you so much right now. I hate you so much. It's going to look. Sorry. I'm sorry. Right. Lion King's going to be bad. Unless you are holding your cat up. Like it's Simba being like whatever. Shown to the kingdom. You have no well, I I intend to win, and I just want to make sure everybody checks out our our box office update because it's see now please it's just, no, it, no it's gonna it's gonna happen. Beating no. Avengers. Hey man, I had Pikachu. Pikachu. Totally gonna. We just haven't talked about the game in a while, so I just want to. Which no one will see. No one will see Godzilla. Uh, no normal person. Well, you better hurry up before it gets out of theaters. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great when Katya loses the entire game by exactly twelve dollars, like the price of like one one matinee ticket, and she's like, "Damn it!" Uh, Austin, thanks for joining us. <laughs> this craziness. This thanks is for great. Me. <laughs> we are sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know. I've, I've listened to the show. That's what I expected. You're like, I know how bad it is. <laughs> we, we, know, we know that you guys have lost the plot. Uh, <laughs> but where can people? Well, actually, I, 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 where can people follow you for more information about more of the stuff that you're talking about? You mentioned your blog already early in the show, so yeah, I think that's the best place. I've got Twitter and all that junk on there, so it's patientrock.com. That'll be linked in the show notes. And for the rest of us, Palindrome Hannah. You, as usual, can follow me on Twitter at Hanley Rogers, where I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. You're talking about how good Lion King is. No, I'm not. Right now, that's what you're tweeting look, about. Look, man, I'm not. How wrong you were. I'm not even gonna go. Like, I'll go see pretty much anything, but I'm not gonna go sit through that. I'm gonna watch the DVD of the original at home and be happy. Lion King opening Ooh. weekend, one billion dollars. <laughs> Katia, where people find you? Well, right now, probably like generally making grumpy faces at that. Um, you can find me on Instagram at just that nerd kid. Also, technically, all of the other social medias. Uh, I don't really believe in the Twitter, though, as we've discussed in the show you previously. Got, you got back into Twitter um, for, you know, for 48 whole hours at, at, at PCA. And I don't think you've said anything since then. I know. PCA. I tried. <laughs> I, I tried. I, it's terrible. I feel place. like you've only gone Twitter to I make fun of me and then yeah. you left See? again. <laughs> it's Instagram. Instagram has my heart because I can go on there. I don't have to read what people say if I don't want to. There's pictures of adorable puppies being adorable. Less travesty that's going on, <laughs> on the planet. And I get to like look at all my sewing stuff and like all of my sewing people. Um, and it's great. I'm probably going to put a picture of the, of the Igly buff jumping on my uh, sounds. Uh, let's see. You, you can, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick or on my blog at www.chrismaverick.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Vox Popcast on Instagram at Vox Popcast on our blog, www.voxpopcast.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash box podcast you can subscribe to us on itunes or stitcher or spotify or wherever else you get podcasts from if you do that we would appreciate it if you left us a five-star review if you do you somehow magically get a Mr. Mime just put on your phone. Trust me, try it. See what happens. Um, <laughs> and it helps other people find the show. You're gonna get angry hate mail. I from already some get angry, angry hate mail. Come on, I'm me. <laughs> your niece is gonna. Your niece is. Your niece is gonna send yeah. you angry hate mail. No, she. My nieces love me. They don't, they, they don't listen to the show. But um, but if you leave us a five star review, that helps other people find the show, and we appreciate it, and it makes me smile. And you know, 
I need more of that in my life. Um, what else? Do you what think else? Maximilian Vault for oh, Music? Yeah. I'd like to thank Maximilian of Vault for Music for our epic theme song, building ever more so epically and playing us out. Thanks again for being with us, Austin. Thank you. And thank you for listening at home, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.